What's the matter, Hangman? Can't sleep. Kill the shit! I need my overpower! Who the fuck is Rip Garrison? Captain Nerdle! Baby You are now listening to Dark Side of the Elite with Randy Charpentier, Eric Reed, and Matt Roberts. Hey everybody, it's Randy from the Dark Side of the Elite, and I'm here today with Eric. What's up? And Matt. The Cult of Meat and Extra Cheese. The Cult of <laughs> Meat and Extra Cheese. The Cult, the cult of, of Meat and Extra Cheese. I'm not there with you guys in real life, but I'm here with you guys virtually. Yes, we're Correct. doing a Zoom today. We're reaching, gotta, we're reaching through the screen at you. <laughs> yes, yes. At least I, we can see each other. I got a little bit of a cold today, so I don't want to bring my germs and bacteria over to Palais de, de Reed there. So kept my distance a bit, but we can still do the show. Not curse this week. No cursing. Curses no cursing. are over. Yeah. Curse was Not, Saturday. But you yeah. know what? If you think, we were in every scenario that we were on Saturday today. What do you mean? The wind. Oh, yeah. The wind, the wind, the like wind is the same massive. <laughs> Well, there was the biggest scenario that we avoided, luckily, yes. is there's still power. Yes. <laughs> there's still power. Oh, man. So the, the wind definitely blew in just like winter came last night. All over us, or <laughs> all over, <laughs> all over. What did you guys think of Winter Is Coming? I mean the the Danielson, uh, sorry, Danielson Hangman match was probably the obviously the highlight of the night when you had more than half of the show being taken up by it. But uh, honestly, great match. Like I thought, I thought Danielson looked fantastic in it. One of the better matches we've seen from him so far. Not to mention like. Uh, Hangman, his first title defense, big title defense. The only weird thing is that it went to a draw again, which didn't they do that with Kenny? Was the same thing? It went 30 to a minutes, draw. So. 30, Thirty minute draw. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's becoming sort of like an overarching theme. Of this like uh, Brian Danielson is as good as the champ, but he's not better than him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing going on there with that. I think that's kind of the story they're going for here. Doesn't it set up like a bit of a thing where like Kenny Danielson and hangman, it's like the three of them now, or who's better than who. And potentially in the future, that could be like a triple threat kind of thing or something. That would be but, awesome. Uh, <laughs> I want to give kudos too to Boris and Dan. I was listening to them review that uh, dynamite last week and they, they ended up calling that like this totally projected to be a 60 minute time limit draw. And they nailed it. It totally was. And uh, I loved the match. I thought it was fantastic. For a 60-minute match, it had me engaged the entire way through. There wasn't any point in it where I was bored or wanted to, like, look at my phone or, like, walk away for a minute or something. And uh, Hangman, I think that was the match of his career so far to this point. Like, what a showing. And Brian Danielson is just absolutely incredible as well. Um, that match, to me, moved into at least top five, maybe top three of AEW's all-time matches. Maybe like Cody, Dustin, and uh, Kenny, and Danielson, the other time limit draw in this one. For me personally, like two of the top three potential like best AEW matches ever, two of them were time limit draws. But I think it it tells us a great story here where like they couldn't beat each other and it leaves it open for a future confrontation. Uh, Hangman doesn't lose his title right away, and Danielson still hasn't lost. And 
I thought they did a great job with it. Like it had me at the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, the two things. Well, the very you're right with uh, Boris and Dan predicting it. I knew right away though once the bell rang and uh, Brian Danielson kept putting his head underneath the rope and yeah, kept going yeah. to the corner. I'm like, yeah, this is 60 minutes. This is definitely 60 minutes. They set it up. Um, the first 20 minutes, I guess, being as slow as it was. I'm not saying it was bad or they're making the story right, but uh, it That's was usually a little slower. A- it's usually a sign at the beginning like that, that they're at least going to go a while. Right. Like it might not be a draw, but you know, it's going to go for a while. Like Danielson doing the jumping jacks and stuff and spots. And I thought they did a good job of incorporating some outside of the ring stuff with hangman getting busted open. And then through the commercial break, they're checking on him and Danielson's like taunting the crowd in the ring, like even like pretending to do yes. And then just flipping the crowd off and like, <laughs> like flexing his muscles and like doing the jumping jacks and, and, but most of the match was built in the ring with their big moves and submissions. And they set up all their spots really well. And the hangman dive off the top where he crashed through the table, like for a big spot in the match, I thought they paced it really, really well. And like, I couldn't have, I couldn't imagine it coming off better than it did myself. Like, I mean the crowd, I think the crowd too was in it all the way. And they were booing at the end, but that's the reaction a draw is going to get because when you're there in the building, you want to see the winner. But I think they've set this up really, really well for like another confrontation down the road. The only thing I wish they didn't do is have Hangman fight him first and go to a draw. If he fought maybe one or somebody else beforehand once or twice, like his first title defense is a draw, which I don't like in the whole, but... It was a great match. It definitely uh, made one, it better for me. One thing I'll say about that is like it would have been awkward to shoehorn a title defense in because the same at full gear when Hangman won the title, Danielson also won that number one contendership match with Miro, right? Yeah, but he could have fought. He could have fought on a dynamite or something like against uh, anybody, like a uh, Max Caster. We'll just use for example, just to fight somebody first. Oh, but not necessarily a title yeah, match. Yeah, not necessarily a title match. Just like a couple of wins before going into this. This His first title defense was a draw. That's what I don't... That's the only part. Everything else, five star. Five star. <laughs> it would have been six, but it wasn't in the Tokyo <laughs> Domes. <laughs> we realized this week we see no Kyle O'Reilly yet, but I will give an update on the Kyle O'Reilly-Johnny Gargano situation. The minute at midnight the that their contract was up, Johnny Gargano had six t-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. And Kyle O'Reilly had a couple. Yeah. But the minute, like 12.01 Pro Wrestling Tees, they had six shirts up. They were so, ready to rock, veterans of the industry, for sure. I didn't buy any. No, not did you buy any. No. No, why not? We could split well, the co- shipping. <laughs> Isn't it free shipping over 150? We need seven t-shirts, right? That's right. There you go. They six. <laughs> well, Kyle O'Reilly was my prediction for a surprise for winners coming, and that didn't come to pass. But uh, there was a little bit of an update I found online, uh, courtesy of uh, Bodyslam.net, with uh, the segment that was on Dynamite. Cole, the Young Bucks, and Bobby Fish uh, had a segment with Cole holding the Christmas gift. And that Adam Cole promised fans on uh, the AW holiday special next Wednesday, he would deliver the best Christmas present ever, uh, saying fans will love it. And uh, after the segment, everyone on social media went crazy, believing this is a tease for Kyle O'Reilly for next week's uh, 
dynamite for a debut. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly added more fuel to the fire when he tweeted out a gif from uh, the Brad Pitt movie Seven, where Pitt uh, screams, "What's in the box?" It's just frosted flakes, man. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, a tease for for what happened, right? Not frosted flakes, but uh, well, maybe it is. Who knows? But powdered sugar. So, like, maybe I was wrong about it showing up, uh, him showing up on Dynamite. But it definitely seems to be an uh, eventuality that O'Reilly does come, potentially even as early as next week. Hopefully, and I guess in other news too, Kevin Hopefully. Kevin Owens re-signs with WWE, a new WD three-year contract that I've seen for two to three million a year. Is that what it says here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah, that's uh, taking the money in. Well, I mean, he's gonna be like their top guy. Yeah, according to Dave Meltzer, on uh, they must have promised him like a, a big position, right. like for the within the company for a while too, right? Maybe a day one winner. Potentially, yeah. He said it was the best thing for his family and that, that it was an easy decision to re-sign. I thought for sure Kevin Owens was going to be a slam dunk in AEW. Okay, so last but not least, happy birthday to the late John Huber. Today would have been his 42nd birthday. And actually, I think it was three or four days ago was his anniversary as well. His wedding anniversary oh, really? with Amanda, yeah. Oh, okay. So I know it's a big week for them both. And then I guess Boxing Day yeah. would be the one-year anniversary of his death as well. Yeah. One other thing I think we want to touch on too is the potential news of Brody King to join the House of Black. That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to credit Cassidy Haynes and Bodyslam.net because I got the news from there. And apparently, according to them, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, there was a done deal. And uh, the signing happened almost immediately following the, the ROH news that Art Ring of Honor is going to be done. And uh, Brody King and Malachi Black recently reunited in PWG too and won the tag titles there. And uh, the vignette they did for uh, Malachi Black on Dynamite, I thought was really well done and like was a really cool vignette. And uh, they had like a, a character, a person under the hood that Black sprayed the mist into. And uh, I guess it's presumed to be that's going to be Brody King. And it might make a, a little more sense for that Varsity uh, Blondes vignette that they did too, where like they might be the first team that uh, Brody King and Malachi Black just kind of come in and destroy right off the hop. Well, it's looking like it's going to be Julia turning over to the House of Black because she didn't uh, show up, right? Yeah, you Maybe. made a good point earlier this week, too. Pac got misted. So. And, and Pac twice. got misted twice. So, he's gonna have so does that mean Pac joins as well? <laughs> yeah, is is it the story Is the story now that if you get misted, you like become brainwashed into the House of Black? I don't know about that. Is I that can what... see them doing it with Julia. Yeah, Maybe for sure. Forgot... Maybe people forgot about Pac, but you never know. You never well, know, Cody, right? Cody's been misted. Didn't Arn Anderson get misted too? Oh yeah, look at this. And then he said he would pull out his Glock. So he, I'm still, he's still on the fence. <laughs> Is Julia Hart gonna be like uh, AEW's Alexa Bliss now, where she's like all evil and creepy? I was thinking more like Rosemary, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they, I'm sure Abaddon would be like, "Missed me, please hit me with that mist. <laughs> Give me that mist, <laughs> Miss Bukaki. <laughs> Daddy wants his juice." <laughs> but uh, uh, Malachi Black and Brody King—they look like kind of meant to be in terms of when you see them side by side. Oh yeah, like those two dudes, like as a, a team, is be pretty formidable. They've been friends forever, right? That's the yeah. biggest thing too. They've been friends forever. They tagged before, even. I, uh, the WWE run for uh, Alistair, I guess, at that time. So, yeah, I want to see. I wanted to see a Malachi singles run, like for one of the titles. But 
a potential tag title run with the two of them together could could be part of the plan. We'll see how this like House of Black faction like shakes out and works out, whether they team regularly or if they kind of just have singles matches or a little bit of both or whatever. But a new faction in AEW, the House of Black, uh, I don't mind it. I like these two guys together. Uh, they're going to be pretty uh, intimidating, badass motherfuckers. So I'm about it. So I guess should we get this started? Let's do it. This is Dark Side of the Elite. This week's Being the Elite, episode 285, Shoes and Behind the Scenes Views. And Nick and Matt Jackson, they're telling their boy, JLP, from the YouTube show Complex Sneaker Shopping, how they match their gear to their shoes and how they have to come up with new ideas all the time. And Matt teases him telling about his most recent idea before we hit the intro to BTE. Did, so, you, did I, you watch that or no? Yes, you did. I did. I did. So I guess we did can. Re- I guess we can reveal it because they're not going to talk about it in the episode. If you want. I put some notes in my in uh in my recap here, but if we want to touch on it right now, let's let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. So essentially, what he, what he wants to do, his new idea that he wants for TV, which I I don't know, he seems to think TMT is not going to let, or Nick seems to think TNT is not going to let them do this, but. If they let that match with Nick Gage go on live TV, I doubt they're going to veto this idea. But he wants to light a sneaker on fire and super kick someone in the face. Hopefully not Sue. Was there a tease for a Nick Gage match against the Young Bucks? No, no, no. I just, I mean, like, in general, like, that they let the Nick Gage and Chris Jericho match go on live. So this isn't really over the line, I would say. You know what I mean? And they just did the flaming table with Cody, so, like, fire is apparently okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When uh, BT gets started here and the Warriors Cry song starts us off and for some reason they're out getting some fresh pizza in the city real quick before going to do what they do best and that's shoe shopping. And they are at a store in New York City called Flight Club, uh, like I said, with their boy JLP and this is being featured on the YouTube show Complex Sneaker Shopping. And uh, they kept the store open just for them to shop and film all this for BT and Complex. And uh, some quick notes from the Complex show. I watched it before uh, we jumped on the air here. And uh, Matt tells the story about his uh, Dior Lowe's getting stolen uh, from the airport in uh, Ontario, California. And how apparently it's still an open case after I talked to the airport and the police and everything. So I doubt they'll find whoever stole them, but yeah. it's still an open case, they said. Well, they have serial numbers on it, right? Right, right. And model so, number. So if they try to sell it on the internet, they can just look up the serial number and it's good. That's what those sneakerheads do anyways. Yeah. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, so Matt, like Eric was saying, tells them the idea of the wanting to set his shoes on fire and super kick someone. And uh, they also mention about how like Shane McMahon was probably the OG when it comes to wearing sneakers in the ring in wrestling. But uh, since the Young Bucks started doing it, it's become really trendy in wrestling and they noticed a lot of wrestlers now started doing it. And uh, they're like, when we first started wrestling, uh, if they wore sneakers to any of the matches, like old veterans back in the day would probably kick their ass and say, you guys got to wear wrestling boots. What are you doing? And they were kind of asked to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Even uh, Jim Ross made a comment to Wheeler Utah on Dynamite a while ago, like after a botch or something. He's like, what do you expect wearing tennis shoes or something? (laughs) A lot of the people in the 80s try to wear Doc Martens because everybody was like a military person or cowboys yeah cowboys are you're in the military isn't that like a 
like a neo-Nazi punk thing to wear Doc Martens. Well, no, they used to wear camouflage and Doc Martens, like army boots type thing, right? So that I think was the, a big thing. Imagine yeah, the, neo, the neo-Nazi punks ruined the Doc Martens for everybody else, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, wearing wrestling boots, too, it was a safety thing, so like right. you didn't roll your ankles or break your ankles, right? True. And the bottoms were completely different as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were also kind of asked what their inspiration was for, like, I think for Nick for, like, wearing uh, his Jordans initially. And he credited how, like, the Jordans he wore, like, kind of looked like Bret Hart's boots back in the day. So that was kind of his initial uh, inspiration for wearing them. Also, at the end of uh, the Complex show, when the two of them cash out with all the shoes they bought, their total combined spent. Nine thousand four hundred and thirty-nine dollars and fifty-three cents. Trump change, yeah. So these guys, <laughs> but man, oh man, <laughs> just another day out shoe shopping for them. And I laughed too. They made Brandon Cutler carry like all like eight bags of shoes out of there. I'm like Brandon, get over here and grab these. <laughs> oh, I love them. Do you see him like wrapped around his neck and like half on yeah. his back? <laughs> but uh, jumping back to BTE here. Uh, Nick saying he spent over $4,000, which it turns out like at the end of complex, Matt says, this is on me. And he swiped it. He swiped his credit card. So Merry Christmas, uh, Nick Jackson there. So he didn't actually spend any money. Matt paid for everything. But uh, Nick also tells us he spent a hundred grand this week as well on a new Tesla. So he's hoping his wife doesn't check his bank statement this month, but just joking around saying, yeah, as if I could keep a new car a secret. So hundred grand for a Tesla, 10,000 more on shoes. Like, Hope these guys are saving a little bit of money in case this AEW thing doesn't work out in the long run for them. My God. They signed a new contract, a new bonus, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. They're probably good to go. But, man, oh, man, the Bucks are ballers. And uh, Matt Jackson, he's on his phone, like pretending to be on his phone, I think, with his wife warning her about he's uh, going shoe shopping and the credit card's going to get flagged. So she'll probably get a notification about, like, a $9,000 swipe on the credit card. So... He's letting her know not to be worried about that. And uh, so Brendan Cutler is filming the Bucks while they're being interviewed for Complex. Uh, so it's kind of a little inception action here. Matt is asked about the make the process of making his trademark thumbtack sneakers. And uh, Matt's like kind of gushing about this here. He's um, saying he's a professional at it. He does it all himself. Uh, to the surprise of the interviewer, he's like, oh, really? You do it yourself? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Matt tells the story about doing this initially in PWG with the Air Force Ones in 2015. And uh, that was when they used it on Candice LeRae, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So they super kicked Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan back in PWG in 2015. And he who should not be named. (laughs) Yeah, Joey Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) Joey, beep, beep. Yeah, censor myself. Quack. (laughs) (laughs) Quack. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Matt wanted to bring the idea back and... uh, they have to use a more expensive shoe now because they've already used the Dior ones in a match. So they've got to use the hottest shoe. So I'm not sure what shoe it was, but it was the ones they wore it all out, obviously, in the match with the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, the um, the Travis Scott ones, right? The Chucky Travis Ducky. Scott ones. Yeah. Is that it? No, no, no. It was that like, was the new ones that he bought. They the were like the Ducky. blue and white and black ones or something. Yeah, it was the Travis Scott Adapt mixed with some i can't remember i did i did see they did mention them in the complex video i do i yeah i just watched it so i should know more (laughs) yeah yeah they 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 were in front of like the big case of all the most expensive shoes so yeah yeah this whole beginning bit was like a cool little uh bte version of behind the scenes of their appearance on the complex uh 
uh, shoe shop and sneaker show, whatever that they did. <laughs> so it's a cool little uh, bit here on the Bucks with their shoe culture and uh, telling some stories that most wrestling fans already know about. But a uh, cool little peek here at, at them here to start us off. Exactly. And if you don't know, now you know. Moving on from there, though, <laughs> we are finally back with Leva Bates and their weird love triangle between her, PPA, and Alex Reynolds. And uh, I guess this is the wrap-up that they were teasing about on Twitter, right? Because <laughs> didn't we talk yeah. about this last week? Yeah, we did. Because uh, I, I mentioned that Leva Bates fan to say, just just hang on here and like have a little bit of patience because people were wondering, like, what happened to this story? And Because it, it did just kind of disappear for a little bit, and I guess this is kind of a bit of a wrap-up on it. Little anticlimactic, a little late to the party a bit too, but yeah, it's, it it wasn't really a great wrap up. I will say that uh, starts yeah. off with Reynolds kind of just standing by himself and Leva storms up, going "What the fuck!" like <laughs> like a, like a high pitched cat, and then PPA comes up behind her like a parrot, repeating "Yeah, what the fuck, man!" <laughs> and uh, Reynolds is confused. The whole thing doesn't know what's going on, and neither does Leva apparently because she has to collect herself and take a break from the cursing before she can continue. So no more cursing anymore, I guess. She's kind of like still trying to act like an anime character or something. Yeah. It's like, it's like overacting, but it's not great. <laughs> and uh, yeah. she asked Reynolds about like the fact that he has a wife and kid, which I thought was common knowledge. Cause even he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I post pictures of my son on Instagram. Like, you know, this is there a wedding that, band. <laughs> there was that BT BTE episode two where even told the boys in the dark orders, like I'm going to go home and impregnate my wife or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, PBA kind of chimes in saying like, I, you know, I told you, I told you he was married and he had a kid and this and that. And Leva's like, you wrote me a letter. Like you were in fifth grade. What are you talking about? You told me. And Reynolds even chimes in, come on, man, what are you writing letters for? What are you, like, Harriet Tubman? <laughs> and, uh, that's not the right thing, is it? <laughs> Jane Who's Austen. Harriet? Jane yeah, was, I don't know who either of those are. Who's Harriet Tubman? Harriet Tubman's <laughs> the lady who started the Underground Railroad to Canada to free slaves. I was the complete wrong thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jane Austen's the one who wrote, like, novels, right? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. There, I needed some context on that yeah. for sure. It went right over my head. Yeah, I, I said the wrong name completely. Completely wrong, whole different thing. Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but Leva's all pissed off with both of them anyways and, you know, starts flipping everybody off. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and PPA, you know, now him and Reynolds are kind of sitting there and he asks him, he's like, well, why have you been messing, me, messing with me for months, Reynolds? And Reynolds tells him it was because... He wasn't part of PPA's pageant. Now, was this something on Dark that I missed? Or Dark Elevation or something? No, remember uh, at the beginning when he used to have that red carpet and all that junk? Okay. And he used to lay on it like at ringside? And previous to the wingman, Mm. right? It was just him. Remember? And he was looking for people or all that junk. And he had that back segment with Coach and... Oh, okay. All that junk? No, he don't remember. No. That's a deep cut reference right there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a I was trying to remember the pageant too, but a PPA like beauty pageant on BTE would be a great segment. It would be great. And then, then he <laughs> did, right? it was like him and uh, they did a show off. Like not, was a Big Shoddy? And they came up on on stage. Big no? Oh, it doesn't matter. It yes, does, but yes, does, they came out on stage and they said who was better looking, who could dance better, so on and so forth. And okay, all right. I think it was Big Shoddy. Okay, fair enough. Him. 
what, what's his name? Not Lee Marinardi, the other one. Yeah, Lee Johnson. Oh, Shotty Lee Johnson. Shoddy Lee Johnson. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Oh, okay. So that yeah, that was months ago though, like seven months ago. Yeah, I didn't see that at all. I don't even know when that happened. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Again, right over my head as a as a reference, anyways. And uh, Peter Peter tells them that uh, he considered having him in the pageant, I guess, but uh, they they also said no to him joining the Dark Order. In fact, he was the only one they said no to, which I don't think that's true at all. Because they said no to Griff Garrison twice, did they not? Or they keep. <laughs> <laughs> did Griff want to join Dark Order? What's up? Yeah, I don't think they knew who he was, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> not that he wouldn't join. They just didn't know every time he was standing right in front of him, he didn't know who he was. Yeah. Either way, Peter apologizes to Reynolds, uh, but Reynolds only wants one thing from Peter, and that's for Peter to look him in the eyes and tell him he's pretty. So Peter says, Alex, you're very pretty. And the two embrace in a pretty long, weird bro hug. And they tell each other that they love each other. So happy ending overall, I think. There you go. I guess so, yeah. The two of them just kind of come together at the end, and neither one ends up with Leva. Like, So Alex is just like, yeah, I'm happily married. My wife was totally cool with me hanging out with you, Leva. <laughs> and he's cock-blocked the shit out of Peter, and Peter doesn't end up with Leva at all anyway at the end. But the two of those guys are bros. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I don't quite get it. but No. And it wasn't a great ending to this whole thing. I thought there was a little bit more no. to it. <laughs> no, no, it was, yeah, not a hit. <laughs> no, no, yeah. <laughs> but moving on from there, we got Cesar Benoni and uh, Ryan Nemeth in the showers backstage. It's not what you think. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, uh, Cesar is spraying Nemeth down with self-tanner. So... I don't know if this is a common practice in the wingman, but I'm not into that too much. You Yo, bring I back got after. <laughs> no, I'm no? good. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I got I got to make mention. I listened to uh, Ryan Nemeth on AW Unrestricted, their podcast, mm-hmm. and I think he mentioned that like, I think it was him that they they asked like, how do you get spray tan on all the time? And apparently, like wrestlers would just like use like the concrete walls all the time to like spray it on and then rub it on their own back and shit like that. So apparently there's arenas all over the country where like the walls and dressing rooms have been spray tanned and like they rub their own back on it. So it's probably easier just to get one of your boys to do it than doing that. (laughs) But Nemeth, Nemeth too, on the, on the podcast, they asked him about the origins of cream and apparently it was an inside joke I think with him and like Brody Lee and uh, a couple other guys of just like some stupid thing, like to talk about was cream. And so like when he decided to start doing all these videos and stuff, that's why he like went to cream and like brought (laughs) and like made it like the focal point of his, of of his skits and stuff. So we finally got a little bit of an answer to that. I highly recommend like listening to that one. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely checking that out right after this. I think Randy is, Debating whether any of your recommendations are good or not after you just no. recommended him a cream podcast. Yeah, no. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> I don't know if this is much better though, because we go back to the young bucks showing off their Nikes again. Um Nick showing off the Statue of Liberty high tops. Actually, I do like those shoes. I like the color that color green and everything else. I think they look pretty good. Yeah. And Matt showing off this Chucky Duckies. They are more or less talking about their episode on Complex again, sneaker shopping, and how much they, they spent, 10 grand. And that the Bucks don't buy any fakes, and they also talk about their match that was on Dynamite the week before. 
Apparently, yeah. there's lots of fans that chirp them saying that they wear knockoff sneakers or something, and they got their backs up all the time. They're like, to prove, like, you people think we're wearing fakes. You're like, here's proof that we don't. And it's just like, okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, whoever's saying you're wearing fakes is just trying to get under your skin, and I guess it's working because obviously you don't. I wear fakes. You wear but, fakes? Yeah. Well, look at my Jordan's. Oh, yeah, you have the <laughs> fake Jordans. I forgot about those. Well, you don't you don't spend ten thousand dollars on shoes all the time. No, no, just masks. Yeah, just masks. There <laughs> you go. But again, they were talking about their dynamite match, and it rolls right into the next segment of the highlights of that match against Chuck and Rocky. Um, Brendan, as usual, is giving the comics like uh, illegal thrusting to Rocker and was it no? It was no, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah. And uh, it's your boy, Chucky e. T. <laughs> I, I tell you one thing, I really enjoy these Brendan point of views, I guess. Um, yeah. they show a lot of it too. Um, with the fans cheering Brendan in the corner, it was pretty funny as well. Yeah, um, Chuck is gonna kill Brendan. So, you remember that spot where Chuck goes out and starts walking towards the, the ramp going up? They show that. And uh, that was that was a little callback to when uh, Chucky e. T and the best friends were trying to kill Brandon Cutler on BTE T. for like a little while, right? That's right. So Chuck is gonna kill him, but nope. Chuck got super kicked by by the guys. Matt is feeling kind of parched. I guess they show another little segment of it. Um, so they get water for him. Brandon gets some water. It's nothing. It's just more or less the review of the dynamite match, and. After the match, it shows the big breakdown of the best, the beatdown, sorry, beatdown and beatdown of the best friends, highlighting the, highlighting the Panama Sunrise to OC and the return of Trent, which we all enjoyed. <laughs> One thing I'll say about these is like, like you were saying, it's cool to see the Cutler Cam point of view for these matches because when I'm watching it on like Wednesday Dynamite or Friday Rampage, you don't really see any of this like happening at the time it just looks like they're having their tag match and like yeah everybody's out there around ringside and shit's going on they're having their match but like i don't like you don't notice in the moment like brandon cutler like going to get them a bottle of water or, or like the little comments they're making at ringside and stuff like that so it's kind of cool to kind of get the up close and personal view a little bit right 100 percent. absolutely i mean it's kind of like uh I don't know. I, I just enjoy. I just enjoy seeing a backstage like sort of segment in general. Like it's like a, a view you wouldn't see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching the match, like yeah, you you just kind of miss a lot of things, even especially with like a lot of young bucks and seems to be in Cole matches. They don't really. Well, Cole has had some singles matches, but a lot of the young bucks matches it seems to be like these eight man, six man tags and shit. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. speaking of which, like Rampage this week, same thing. There's an eight man tag between. All of them, I'm pretty sure. Cole and Bobby ten man Fish. tag. Is it ten man? Ten man tag, yeah. No, that's with uh. Oh no, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's ten man tag. It's, it's the uh, acclaimed, it's the acclaimed Cole, and best friends. Or no, right. And uh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's 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 next called? week. No, no, no. You're no, talking no, no, you're talking about 2. Garcia 0. and two versus Eddie Kingston. That's different. Uh, moving on from there, though, we got another week, another crazy Nemeth bit, and I can already see Randy. Loving this right now. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and uh, this time, though, we are Janet Hershenson casting, which I don't know 
why that's important, but I wrote it down for some reason. And uh, we have the cameraman, I guess, whoever's behind the camera, open up the door to what seems to be like an audition room. And Nemeth is standing there kind of practicing lines from a sheet of paper. And the cameraman says, what are you doing here? And Nemeth says, I'm here to audition for the new Michael Bay movie. I'm Hollywood hunk. And the cameraman's like, dude, no one knows who you are. I'm going to have to call security. And, uh, Nemeth kind of offended. He's kind of like, well, you know, people know who I am. I'm big and famous. And Nemeth takes off though, after the cameraman yells for security. And, uh, he wants the cameraman to know that he's leaving on his own accord, not because you're calling security. I'm a very big star and I have other movies to work on. So this is their loss, not mine. And as he's walking out, the cameraman gives him like a, who the hell, who the hell was that guy? But weird question. Was it, William Tambourine's behind the camera because I didn't recognize the voice. <laughs> I want to know what Michael Bay movie he was auditioning for. Is it like Ninja Turtles 3, Transformers 7? Like, which one is it going to be? Yeah, I was going to say Transformers, Age of the Camaros. <laughs> or fucking, yeah, Teslas start churning into like Terminators or something like yeah. that. And Ryan Nemeth is the new John Connor or something. <laughs> You'd be a terrible John Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Before I kill this Terminator, I just got to take my medicine. <laughs> Doctors, give this to me, okay? He's like okay. arguing with the director on set. <laughs> uh, moving on from there. Again, we got another Cutler cam segment here, but uh, this time we got an up-close and personal viewing of Adam Cole's match from uh, Rampage against Wheeler Yuta. And uh, the Bucks and Bobby Fish are ringside with Cutler for this, and the Bucks are chatting with people in the front row. They're enjoying themselves. They got their coffee cups with water in it and providing a little commentary during that, the match. And uh, like uh, Randy mentioned earlier, there's a section of the crowd cheer, chanting and cheering for Brendan Cutler. I think they're just marking out, trying to get on BT. They're just trying to get Cutler's attention just to film them so they get on BT, and I guess it worked this time. Well, I think they were on the first uh, the first Cutler cam too because I always forget that they filmed they Rampage right out right after Dynamite, right? So yeah, so it's the same group of guys from that Dynamite match that's in this footage as well. But uh, if we get close-ups of Nick like talking shit to the camera too, and I couldn't stop staring at his stupid like red nose ring. <laughs> the stupid. Like, there's no way that's a real one. It's definitely a clip-on. Oh, you mean his, his fake septum? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. There's no way. <laughs> so he doesn't have fake shoes, but he's got a fake nose ring. But uh, after, during the match here, after Cole hits a fireman's carry neckbreaker, he says uh, to Cutler on the camera, he's like, I don't want to cover him right now. I want to see if he can get back up. So just talking mad shit. And uh, on the outside, as Trent and Young Bucks are having a little bit of a chat and a stare down, Cutler says, I'm going to stay over here where it's safe. I don't want to get speared <laughs> again. So like when Trent made his day, uh, return there on Dynamite, after having what, what was it, neck spinal fusion surgery, the first move yeah. he did was a spear to Brandon <laughs> Cutler. So testing that neck and everything out right away with the spear. I mean, so he smoked could, the shit out of him. It looked great. Right. So <laughs> I would be proud. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Cutler being smart this time and during rampage doesn't want to get decked with another spear. But uh, uh, Adam Cole wins the match. Like we saw with the exposed knee turns the, the knee pad down, hits the last shot. And uh, the Young Bucks are hugging on the outside with Matt telling Nick, I love you. <laughs> and they're lean, my older brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? And uh, then we suddenly cut to the big beatdown in the ring that the Elite delivered to the best friends with Cutler spraying poor Wheeler Yuta right in the eyes with the cold spray. 
And uh, the Bucks hold on to Orange Cassidy for the Panama Sunrise, and instead Cole just hops down off the middle rope and hoofs OC right in the balls. Ow, my shaft! Ow, my shaft! It burns! My shaft! <laughs> so, like, the, the trend in AEW the last couple of weeks has been nut shots. Everybody's getting hit in the balls. It's been, like, a little bit overdone, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, the BT, uh, the Super Click finished this off with the BTE trigger uh, to Trent. And uh, back up the ramp, the elite are a little myth that that Best Friends music is playing. And Cole says, watch this. He kind of hunches over and does his trademark, Adam Cole, baby. baby. (laughs) He does the pose, and he gets most of the crowd to do it along with them. And he goes, with or without music, they're going to do it anyway. He's proven a point. And they should have kept playing their damn music. And as they march back into the the backstage area, Matt jokes that you didn't even clear that with creative. (laughs) To be fair, I think they say it in the first one too. That best friend's theme song is catchy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, make it a bow, make it a bow. Best, best friends. friends. <laughs> right. Oh man. To go. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the end of BT. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, it was it was an okay episode. A lot of shoot talk, but uh, yeah, to go back to what I guess Eric and I, or we were talking about earlier on this uh, this week's rampage. We have an eight-man and a ten-man match. That's what I was saying, yeah. Oh, I thought you said just the No, no, man. no. The ten-man was a different match. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's see how that There's goes. an eight-man and a ten-man match right. yeah, for both Rampage. on Rampage? Those are, the, those are the only two matches That's booked right now. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No, no. There's, uh, there's three. So, it's Trent, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and Rocky Romero against the Young Bucks, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole. Um... Ty Conti versus Penelope oh, Ford in a submission guy. match. And main eventing again for the fifth time is Daniel Garcia, the acclaimed in 2.0 versus Eddie Kingston, Santana, Santana Ortiz, and uh, the Lucha Bros. So That'll be a good match. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a really good match. I'm not really looking forward to Tay Conti versus Penelope Ford in a submission match. Like, Tay Conti will be fine, but like Penelope Ford's not really like... I don't know. She doesn't scream like great talent. You know what she I mean? She screams. She's got- did, you, did you see the promo video they did to it? And Penelope was like, I'm not worried about this at all. I have my one submission move I do. And yeah, they yeah. were showing, showing highlights of her with the, where she does the bridge and pulls the neck back up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have like Tay Conti doing full judo like practice with her black belt. Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's my submission move. Shoulder throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, big one big match that was announced on Dynamite for next week's Dynamite uh, was CM Punk, Sting, and Darby Allen against uh, FTR and uh, is FTR and MJF? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the one weird thing about that on Dynamite too is right off the top of the show they were teasing. They're like, Tony Khan has a big announcement for next week's match and. I can't reveal it right now, but I just know it involves like next week's holiday special. And then like right at the end, Punk comes out, just like jumps on the mic, announces the match. And then like one second later, they're like, Tony Khan has confirmed this match. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think they ran out of time before they could do it properly. And they just sent Punk out with a mic and said, go out there and announce the match. Yeah. Quick, quick. We got to go. (laughs) I think the deep, I think the deep, uh, Feed a match went a little long comparably. If you watch the ref, the ref's going back and forth, like more or less hurry this up, hurry this up type thing, and they kept going a little long, even though it was a great match. But uh, yeah, cut into time. 
I find AEW like has that problem with a lot of their shows. That's like so many of the segments between matches seem so rushed. Yeah. To try to get it all in all the time because all the ideas they have and the amount of talent they want to feature in, in a two hour or one hour show, like this seems to be rushed all the time. Like that's it seems like so many interview segments and the beatdowns that happen. It's just like bang, 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 bang. It's like 29 seconds and then it's like in and off TV. Like just like, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, what happened there? Right? Why are so many people getting beat up backstage? Just stop going backstage. Honestly, that's 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 a bit of a crutch that they use to set up matches that I think is being a little bit overdone. If I had to criticize something with AEW, like the backstage brawls they do, they they, they look really phony and fake, yeah. and like they happen way too often. It was like a big WCW trope, wasn't it, for like a long time? Yeah, probably. They had a lot of backstage segments where like people would just get like beat down a lot. It's just like you don't even get one word out and yeah. like they they even did the beat down where Adam Cole comes out on guest commentary for a match that doesn't even happen just as an excuse to beat up Orange Cassidy <laughs> on his way to a ring. Like it's it's a little much, but but I'm going on a bit of a side rant here, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> but all in all, good week of wrestling, a good BTE, so really happy yeah. with it. Um, just to give everybody a heads up, we will be doing this next week. And yes, um, the next next show coming out is Rampage, I guess, for Saturday. Yeah. If you're an SNME Patreon. And then Tuesday normally comes out. If you're not, so comes at the Spotify on Tuesday. But we will be doing our shows next week. So looking forward to it. And it's our Christmas. Matt, don't forget my gift. Um, do you have any thank yous, <laughs> Eric, or anything? <laughs> Is he froze? No, he no, isn't. No, he's... <laughs> I'm just smiling. Sorry. I'm thinking about your gift. No. How many bottles of lotion I should get? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you can, give us a follow on Twitter at Dark Side of the E, Instagram at Dark Side of the Elite, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're Dark Side of the Elite. Also, give me a follow on Instagram at Eric.Read90. All the links are in the description down below. Matt, do you have anybody or anything you'd like to thank? I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate the support. We love doing the show. As ridiculous as it is sometimes. I want to thank my boys, Randy and Eric. Always a pleasure chatting with you guys. And we're looking forward to uh, talking with everybody on Christmas Day. Christmas. So hopefully you guys can find... Yeah, Christmas! 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 Christmas and wrestling! Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So when once everyone's had their... Uh, open their presents and have their breakfast and maybe a little bit of a lunch and you want to put on a little bit of a podcast and relax so hopefully you guys will tune in and uh with us here on the dark side of the elite and listen to your rampage review and as well as all the other great shows at the sm and the radio network so really looking forward to that and so hope everyone has a happy holidays and a merry christmas and we'll see you all next week yes yeah so follow our facebook page dark side of the elite and on instagram dark side of the elite and I guess until next week, I guess, come in, join us. Throw the pause up. It's the cult of meat and extra cheese. Christmas. The cult of meat and extra cheese. Christmas. <laughs> cult of meat and extra cheese. Christmas. Extra Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>